This episode of the Bamboo Pastors Podcast has been brought to you by the Growth Center for Church and Mission. The Growth Center has established the Entrepreneurial Ministry Leader, a ministry ecosystem which brings together pastors, ministry leaders, and marketplace leaders who are finding creative ways to utilize their faith and their talents to bring the gospel to the cities and communities they live in. Check them out at thegrowthcenter.com. Welcome to the Bamboo Pastors Podcast, a podcast that explores the joys and challenges of being an English-speaking pastor in a Chinese church. I'm Jalen Chan, and I'm here with my co-host, John Mon. Hey, everyone. Together, we host the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. We're glad that you're here with us. Come on in and have a seat at the table. All right, we are back on for the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. Jalen, it is good to see you uh, and hang out with you. I feel like it's been a while since we've recorded, but I realize it's actually only been like three days maybe since we've recorded. So it's good to see you. Has anything exciting happened in the last three days since we last were on Zoom together? <laughs> yes, there's always something exciting when there's five kids in the house. Mm. Uh, we celebrated our youngest's fourth birthday. And so, uh, as you know, he's the most animated. He's the most uh, outgoing. Mm. He's the one that'll probably join the drama club when he's in <laughs> you know middle school or whatever uh but for his birthday he wanted to get a nintendo switch game mm-hmm. and so i know we don't do um like video game reviews but we're gonna kind of do a little video game, video game review here real quick okay. so we got him um mario 3d world hmm. which is also bundled with bowser's fury hmm. and so uh mario 3d world is basically like instead of you know like we grew up with Mario being the side scrolling yeah video game on Nintendo right mm-hmm. but Mar- like 3D world is like you just kind of roam around uh but it's a four player co-op hmm. and so or up to four players and so you know with all the kids in our family um so actually Jenny and I started our own like account to to play Mario 3D World and the kids aren't allowed to play that one because mm. it gets for us it's so frustrating because like <laughs> they either like don't know what they're doing or they actually know more than what we're <laughs> like what we're doing and whenever they play with us they're like yelling at us to keep up with them and we're mm. like we can't mm. enjoy this game so um but it's been fun I have not played a Mario game in a long time but uh JJ as a four-year-old is super proficient in playing Mario 3D World so it's pretty hilarious to watch him play. Yeah, uh, it's very I, impressive. I so. think we all knew that day would come when the kids would, when the when the kids would pass you in their video game skills. But yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? I whenever like we're playing, and I'm like, hey, can you please wait up for me? And they just come. <laughs> they keep running off, and they and the the only thing they say to me is pro gamer, bro, pro gamer. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what is happening? Uh, yes. So. Yeah. I'm a I little... can't wait for you to come back and, and play with them. No, I feel like they passed me a long time ago. I remember those those weeks when we were playing, uh, what was it, um, that Pokemon game. Uh, and uh, they would, yeah, they were destroying me, I feel yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. cool. Fun times. But how are you? Good to see you. I'm doing well. Uh, it was another busy weekend. So, actually, I ended up having to emergency cover um, preaching in our Cantonese congregation because... We, we just, yeah, it's, it's kind of a long story, but the person who was supposed to preach that day ended up not being available. And so like the Thursday before, so, or actually I think maybe I mentioned this 
on the last podcast, but Thursday morning, I found out that I had to preach. And uh, so I ended up having like to cram in a little bit of prep. Now, thankfully, I think usually when I preach under circumstances like this, I'm just repeating a sermon from before and actually was able to give one that I feel pretty passionate about talking about our youth ministry and our next gen ministries. Um, so it, I think it went well, um, but it just made for a little bit of a busier weekend. So today, uh, today is a Monday actually. And, um, you know, normally our day off. So I definitely slept a lot more today. Just, I felt like to catch up a little bit on sleep over a busy weekend. Yeah. But otherwise it was good. So, well, I'm excited, um, for tonight for our guests. And I said guests plural because we have two of my favorite people on the podcast tonight. Uh, we have Sam and Sarah Kesson. So Sam is the youth pastor, one of the youth pastors at my church, San Jose Christian Alliance Church. And his wife, Sarah, is our youth admin. And so they work very closely together. They're running our, um, our high school and junior high youth ministry at our main church campus. And they have graciously agreed to come on this podcast. So thank you for hanging out with us tonight, Sam and Sarah. It's great to see you guys. Thank you for having us. Yes. Uh, Sam and Sarah, can you guys give us just a brief um insight into your journey your ministry calling and just a little bit about your background for us to get to know you yes yeah, so i grew up in the alliance family of the christian missionary alliance uh, my parents are international workers currently in cambodia uh, that should help that i am cambodian american uh, something for me that's a little unique i don't know how others would feel about it but my calling into ministry was more so that i just wanted to help people and when I decided to go to uh, one of the CMA schools in Minnesota, Crown College, uh, one of the things that I decided to pursue was youth and social ministry. And my intent was to really just draw closer to God. So while everyone was having the desire to say, I want to do this for a church, I want to do that. My desire was like, I'm going to see where God takes me. And lo and behold, he has brought me to San Jose and it's going on to seven years now. And I grew up in a Methodist church in Malaysia, and then my parents became missionaries or international workers in Thailand, and that's where I grew up uh, my middle school and high school years, and that's where I call home. Um, but yeah, I went into college being a teacher and graduated being a teacher, so I don't know if I had a specific clear calling as most pastors do, um, but I do feel very passionately about the next generation. Very cool. Uh, as John mentioned earlier, you guys both serve alongside John and Sam. I know you guys share an office or still share an office, right? For the time being, uh, I just wanted to ask, like, what's what's it been like sharing an office with John? <laughs> it's horrible. It's, <laughs> it's 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 fine. I, he's a White Sox fan. I'm a Red Sox fan. Um, mm. But I mean, overall, though, it's it's been really good and it's been very convenient whenever we just have to ask each other a question. Rather than looking forward to an email or text, it's very convenient just to turn around and just ask. So I appreciate his presence and I appreciate um, his time with us, even in the office and outside the office. Yeah. And, you know, we are uh, we currently share an office. So I think that's probably going to change in the next month because we are shuffling things around at our uh, church office. Um, and but but even then, even though we won't be sharing an office, I think we're only going to be separated by a wall. So there's a possibility that our desks will be like facing each other through like a glass window. Um, 
who knows maybe we could request to tear down that wall as well someday so, yeah that might yeah. that might be good actually like an open break all of the barriers open and open, a giant open space would be yeah. really nice yeah and even though we definitely have different uh, baseball rooting interests i i do think that one of the things that we are able to connect over is that we have both have a shared love for chelsea football club oh so yes we'll watch we'll watch chelsea games together especially champions league games in the middle of the day during lunch we'll watch together on sam's phone so it's a good time. You know but, what? That's probably why we get along so well. Right. We, we do. I forgot about that. So that's, right. that's, a, that's an important one. Yeah. So, you know, uh, for both of you guys have also gone through transitions um, at church the same way that I have. And so, you know, I, I've talked about this on the podcast in previous episodes, but this summer um, we went through some, some shifts uh, at church with, you know, moving staff around. And one of those big transitions besides my own from worship pastor to next gen pastor is that you, Sam, moved from being uh, our junior high pastor to overseeing now the full um, youth ministry at our main campus. And Sarah, you, though I think your role was mostly the same, um, you came on staff just relatively recently, I think like six or eight months ago or so. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So during these transitions of stepping from like junior high ministry now to the full youth ministry and having slightly different responsibilities. What are some of the things that God has been teaching you um, in the midst of these changes? So this, this might sound unprofessional to a certain extent, but I feel like as God has called you to be more present, more of a leader, to take more responsibility, there's a part of me where it feels like it's less of a control for myself to know exactly how to operate a ministry and more so that I have to lean even more on his understanding and wisdom. And it's, it gets difficult at times because uh, there are new situations that arises and there are new things logistically to uh, look into, but more so when it's the current health of the youth from uh, junior high to high school, as well as the leaders you have varying from student leaders to adult leaders, it, it gets a little tricky because not only are you seeking where God is going to take uh, this this generation to, but more so of what are some of the immediate needs specifically with the church that we have, uh, where to take that. So I find myself at times a little more anxious, but uh, in a good place where I get to wrestle with God on those one-on-one -on -one, uh, times, especially like a day off like today. Hmm. What about for you, Sarah? I feel like God's teaching me something every day. It's just whether or not I realize it or not, if that makes any sense. <laughs> Sometimes I have to relearn the same thing over and over again. Um, but I think right now, and what I'm hoping I'm learning is to um, really love and lead our students well. And this is not my first time being around students, but this is the first time I'm being in a ministry context and leading in such a way where I'm seen as a mother. And that was something I was a little comfortable with because I'm not a mom, but you know, in a sense, a spiritual mom to these kids. And it's a daunting task. It's a little scary, but it's, it's joyful as well. Probably a quick context there is for Sarah, she didn't go to um, school to study ministry. Mm -hmm. She started off with education. So this is a completely new role, new adventure for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something else you guys mentioned was that you didn't necessarily grow up in the Chinese Heritage Church. Uh, so this mm -hmm. is kind of the first, you know, experience in a Chinese Heritage Church. What were some of the culturally unique things um, 
that you've experienced or that kind of stood out to you as you've engaged with the Chinese Heritage Church? What are some things that have required you to adapt? And maybe, Sarah, I'll start with you first. I actually don't know specifically. And I think wherever I am, I just adapt to situations I'm in. I don't think too deeply about what I need to change or what transitions I need to figure out. I think the nice thing is I'm back in the Chinese culture. I've always been in a Thai culture or an American culture um, in Minnesota. So being in a Chinese American context is probably what's closest to how I feel as a TCK because I am Chinese Malaysian, but if I go back to Malaysia, people don't think I'm Malaysian. You know, they would think I'm American, even though I'm not. Um, so being in this context makes me feel most at home. So I think really the only thing is just understanding more about myself as a TCK. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's that goes for both of us as uh, TCKs. Um, growing up, um, moving a lot and adjusting to whatever environment we are currently or going to be in. It took a toll when we were younger, but we just learned to move on with it and adjust. So actually, when I was thinking about my time uh, here at this church, I think it was quite an easy transition. But there were a few things that culturally I wasn't aware of. Outside of the church context, uh, I didn't really understand how Cantonese actually sound. So when I was living with a Cantonese family the first time I moved out here, something I wasn't familiar with was my assumption as a Cambodian was everyone eats spicy. And I thought that was an essential thing that everyone had that high pain tolerance. But when I lived with a Cantonese family, I was like, I'm not trying to be mean, but I was wondering why is everything so bland? And they, they were so nice to me that they started buying sriracha, even though it's difficult to get right now. But overall, I learned to appreciate all sorts of cuisine and even certain mannerism that I started to see uh, within the church context. Um, so overall, I, I do appreciate it because after being here, I feel that I can connect well with our Cantonese families, even with some of our Mandarin families and um, seeing some of our English uh, families being second to third generation. Uh, they still have uh, the Chinese heritage that will come out here and there. Uh, so at least for myself, even though I start to adapt to it, uh, whenever I go back to the East Coast and see my family members, they see some of that um, influence from East Asia coming out whenever I talk or engage with them again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to kind of follow up with asking how um, that has helped. Like you guys talk about being TCKs, the third culture kid. How has that helped you or how how have you seen the second and third gen youth in your youth group be able to maybe feel com more comfortable with you? Have that Has that opened up more conversations? Um, like how has that for you being TCKs, how has that helped you connect better with the youth? I'll, I'll share first. Uh, actually, it was very difficult because at least here in the Silicon Valley with our Chinese church, it's very academic driven with a lot of things. And for me, having a 2.3, not really caring about school and uh, moving forward, it was a whole new trajectory of understanding. And for me, if I shared all of my stories, 
they would think it's pretty cool, but they wouldn't relate to it. So what started happening was I had to learn how to just listen and ask questions uh, for that. And I think being a TCK, some of the things that I had to understand was I didn't know everything. And that has helped me to say, how do I appreciate the environment, the place that I'm in and get to know the people I'm with? Um, it's easy for us to say that if I'm here for a short time, I don't need to get to know anyone. But um, what I've come to realize is wherever God pulls us, uh, make the most out of it, even if it's one day to 10 years per se. And so for myself, it was just after one year of not quite knowing how to adjust with our, our church, I just had to say, I have to put myself in their shoes and try to understand. And that has changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the kids understand us more if um, because we are closer to their age than other people, if that makes sense, their parents or the aunties and uncles. So I feel like in a sense, we do, there's a bit of a language barrier. I feel like nowadays <laughs> the kids are growing up with a the whole set of different lingo. Like you were talking about video games just now. And I was like, I've never heard that one in a bit. Um, but we are closer to their set of languages than their parents. Yeah, but another thing that also helps too is I didn't realize how my humor is exactly their humor. So when I was younger, um, in high school, people always viewed me as the weird kid. As an adult, I'm still viewed as weird, but the the humor is very similar to this generation. And uh, my brother, who's nine years younger than me, uh, can attest that we have the same humor. So there's also that that helps out with connecting as well. I don't know what that will look like in the next 10 years, but I'm thankful that I have something like that to relate with. Yeah, you know, Sarah, um, you kind of touched on this earlier when you talked a little bit about what God has been, you know, teaching you during this transition. But I wanted to just ask both of you, you know, having now been in the Chinese Heritage Church for Sam seven years, for Sarah, a little over a year uh, here in the States. Um, what are some ways that you feel like this church or, you know, uh, yeah, this church has helped you in your faith? I'll, I'll go um, give Sarah some time to think. So for myself, I grew up, even if it wasn't within this denomination, the Christian Missionary Alliance, I was around a lot of Southern Baptist people. And for me, my view, my belief were very conservative. So when I came out to this church, uh, one of the things that was a shocker was the talk of the Holy Spirit. And for me, that was new territory. Uh, I had no idea how to navigate it or certain languages that they would use in terms of saying, I am envisioning this, I am seeing this imagery in prayer. And in the back of my mind, I was saying, how is this even possible? But that's, that is one thing I did appreciate because of that curiosity, I was able to ask questions, um, talk more, wrestle with this new idea of faith that I didn't realize was even more personal than what I grew up thinking. Now, I still believe in Jesus, but we talked very little about the Holy Spirit. So we knew who the Holy Spirit was, but we didn't see how the Holy Spirit can play an effect every day. And at least for myself, being in this uh, culture, this context, it uh, helped shape me a lot in my growth uh, that way. 
And I think for me, it's getting back into that. I paused a little bit because I didn't know specifically if I could pinpoint something that um, being here in this Chinese church has helped me to grow my faith. But I think being in this point of leadership where it has pushed me to um, be confident, to really lean on his confidence, actually, to lean on his confidence and wisdom in everything that I do. Um, I've stumbled many times with like, oh man, I did this wrong. I said this wrongly. And, you know, I, and it messed up a lot, but I feel like God's been really gracious um, in everything that I put my hands to and really led me through. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's so encouraging to hear how God uses the church family that we're a part of, you know, it, whatever experience and, you know, uh, history we may have had in the past, uh, how God uses that. And also just the, the current context. That's, that's always encouraging to hear about. Um, you know, we haven't had too many couples who are in serving in ministry together on the podcast. I'm interested to hear what are some of the unique joys and challenges, if there are any, um, that you experience as a married couple in ministry together at the same church? Well, we haven't had a whole lot of challenges, to be honest. I feel like we are mostly on the same page. We understand each other pretty well. We should we should also mention that we knew each other back in 2013, but we had no interest in dating each other until I started coming out to this church. And Sarah being one of a few Christian Chinese friends that I had, then I asked her a lot of questions and then we got married. But uh, I, I'm saying that well, there was a few years in between that. <laughs> yes, but but I feel like there's a story maybe <laughs> to kind of bridge that uh, to bridge that gap there. Yeah, but, go ahead. but this is yeah. not what this podcast is for. <laughs> and, uh, I but I wanted to mention that first because um, overall we had to we had a just a pure just friendship uh, outlook uh, when we uh, were together. Our friends didn't even see us as people who would be interested in one another. And so when we told everyone that we started dating, uh, our friends back in college were surprised that that even happened. And so I think what helped out the most there was we already built this time to be honest, to talk one another bluntly, uh, and to truly just be friends before we became a couple. And so we had a lot of things that we were able to talk openly even when we were dating, engaged. And so when we got married, um, we were worried about all of the other things I've been hearing from uh, couples our age and how difficult some or new things they had to learn and adjust with one another. And there has been some of that for ourselves, but for the most part, uh, we have been really fortunate to not really face a lot of issues. And uh, we, we really appreciate that our upbringings as TCKs are similar, both growing up in uh, Asia. And so there's a lot of commonalities that helps. But I think what we what helps us the most, especially working in ministry, is we recognize each other's strength. And so if I was to step in uh, to be preaching, for example, Sarah would be able to observe or have one-on-ones with certain students. Or there are times where she would be uh, teaching, and then I can take the backseat of it and have those one-on-ones with certain students. And so we've we've learned to balance each other out and not to 
overpower what we're trying to do in certain fields because we both have very different giftings Mm -hmm. and we're able to utilize that. So that has helped a lot. Mm -hmm. I think it helps that we have different strengths and Mm -hmm. we are weaknesses are exactly opposite of each other. So whatever I am like struggling with, he's strong. And so I can lean on him in that, if that makes sense. Um, But maybe the challenges has maybe to do a bit with the culturally um, side of things with this church and that is like the expectation of a CMO and I didn't realize that like there is that piece of I don't know if there's a cultural thing or this that's just like a church thing where once I ma- got married to Sam people kind of like thought that I knew everything about this church they thought I've been at this church you know since it was born basically um but I didn't. I've been at this church, like John said, I've been at this church for a year and a half, maybe almost two years at this point, but yeah. I barely know anything. And I'm kind of the person that I don't need to know everything. You know, I don't need to know exactly who Sam talked to and what they, he talked to them about. You know, I don't know the ins and outs of this church as well as people think. And I think that's maybe the CMO expectation, but I didn't have that. Yeah. And, and for those who are listening, as uh, and don't know what a CMO is. That's that's a pastor's wife in Cantonese. <laughs> yes. So uh, yeah, there has been an expectation where I've seen people would talk to Sarah about certain things. And let's just say she's just started working or volunteering and they expect her to know everything about like the f- plans in the future. We do talk about those things, but when they're in progress, I would um, uh, be able to talk with John about it in more of that professional level. But uh, overall, though, it's it has been interesting because like what uh, John said, Sarah's been here for over a year, but all of a sudden the expectation is you've been here forever. So, you know, everything. And that was that was interesting because I'll tell her just tell them to talk to me. But uh, overall, I think Sarah has taken it uh, quite well and learned how to navigate those uh, types of conversations. I would definitely agree with that, um, that, you know, uh, Sarah, you have adapted well and adjusted well to being on staff here. Um, and I will say this, uh, and I think most people would agree with me that upon your arrival, um, Sam, Sam definitely, I feel like that was just for him, uh, you guys working together has made him better at what he does. And so I was so not horrible. that you were bad at doing it before, Sam, but I everyone agrees. Help, Sarah. Everyone agrees that Sarah was uh yeah, A plus pickup for our church. So yeah. You know what? I, I do this is a little side note, but when I first started dating Sarah, I talked to uh, Pastor Ted, our, our senior pastor, and immediately when he got to know Sarah, he told me do not lose her at all costs. <laughs> and I I wasn't sure what to make of it. But yeah, I would say like you're saying she does make me a better person. So mm. yeah. I, would, I would agree with Ted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> so um, both of you talked about how, you know, you have strengths in different areas, uh, especially with youth ministry. And um, I, you know, so let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, you know, what are the areas in in your ministry, you know, whether it's the Sunday morning stuff um, with our Sunday youth uh, fellowship, breakfast fellowship, or Saturday nights with youth group, what are the different areas that bring you the most joy uh, when it comes to youth ministry? So when I was a junior high pastor, I I love the bluntness of uh, middle schoolers. 
because instead of trying to figure out what was going on, they would just be so direct and so blunt with what was happening. And uh, but now to look at it as a whole, uh, the joy that I see or I that makes me really happy within ministry is seeing students, youth who have come to understanding their own faith and they are living well according to how God wants to mold their life. So they're living in not just obedience, but humility of what God has in store with them. And so uh, for me, it's, it's a wonderful thing to see that it's no longer their parents' faith, but it's really their own faith that that brings me the most joy. Yeah. And I think for me, a joy and maybe a bit of a challenge too is um, seeing that kids are wanting to be honest about their faith. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it can be heartbreaking and sometimes it can be really, really joyful. Um, But I do love their honesty and their willingness rather to be honest about where they are with their walk with God. Um, And I think that for me is kind of a breakthrough um because i know some people would rather coast a line it's really easy to just coast a line until you get to college or you know you graduate and you know you're no longer in a community um so you feel like you can just fake it um but i feel like i hope at least um our youth can be honest about where they are with god and they're able to wrestle with it yeah you know i think that something that is is hard for a lot of people in ministry is to look at youth ministry as something that they can feel joyful about or something they could look forward to. I do definitely think that people who are called to ministry have a very uh, particular calling. And I, and I love that that's something that you guys have. But what are some challenges that you guys see in ministering to the youth? There, there are a lot of challenges <laughs> and it's, it is unfortunate, but I would say for the most part, especially with uh, a Chinese background or just an Asian background, I would say is keeping it all in, not feeling like they are heard, especially when it comes to their parents or just any adults really. And we see that has taken quite a toll on our students because when they are struggling with their faith or where they have some kind of curiosity but uh, are given one answer that doesn't really help explain or challenge their own belief, uh, we see that over time that it implodes on them and they know they go off onto one end saying, you know what, I don't want to have anything to do with the church. And um, that has been quite evident during the pandemic with our uh, youth, with some of our youth and it is very difficult because they, they, they're willing to talk to me and Sarah about it, but at the same time, it's difficult for them to feel like they can be totally honest with the community they're in, whether it's with their peers or with their uh, family members or trusted uncles and aunties that uh, help them grow up in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on a lighter note, the challenge maybe for me will be understanding the lingo. It is difficult. Yes, like learning yeah. another learning another language. It is learning another language. And you have to switch your brain sometimes when it comes to like talking mm-hmm. to, you know, an adult versus talking to a kid and they're both in the same room. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, at, at our church um, and in this new season for us, we've really been trying to emphasize um, 
you know, that that our next generation ministries are all working together and having partnership and, and you know, we've used this language of like building a pipeline um, from our from our junior high or even from our children's ministry all the way up through our young adult ministry. And so for you both, what has, um, you know, what has that partnership looked like? Can you describe that? You know, uh, well, how have you seen ways that that our different ministries have worked together? Um, and, uh, you know, what I guess the follow up to that question is not just what we're doing right now, but what are your hopes for that uh, down the road? And I'll start with Sam. Yeah, so it's it's interesting because when I first started as an intern and then as a youth ministry assistant and um, being able to be flexible and to learn about different things, I actually was involved in one of our church plants, uh, children ministry for the past uh, five years and then being able to uh, head up a summer college ministry uh, for that time. And on top of it, juggling uh, different types of ministry, whether it's in the church or at a public school as an after-school program, I was able to interact with all sorts of different generations and different ethnics as well during that time. And what I've appreciated the most was being able to connect with different leaders see the different needs, see the different, um, as you could say, wins in their own ministry. But now that I'm in this role, it has helped me to be able to have those open conversations uh, with, let's say, the children ministry, with John and young adults, and just different types of leaders. And thankfully, because I've been in these different ministries, it's helped the conversation flow better uh, for more insights, uh, advice with one another, and sharing because we're all on the same page. And it can be difficult at times because as uh, John, myself, and Sarah come from predominantly uh, an American background in terms of speaking English in our household, there are those who work within our staff that come from a different background where it would be predominantly from either mainland China or just a different um set of understandings so being able to connect with each other and to understand each other's uh, point of view has helped a lot so moving forward what i would love to see is a lot of collaborations um, with these different ministry but uh, it doesn't stop with just children to young adults but rather it goes with everyone so as a whole family and uh, at least when i went to different churches on the east coast whether it's in new england or florida one of the things that I love was whenever we had a gathering, it was for the whole family. And so uh, with that, we had all ages there, uh, having fun, eating together. And uh, for me, what I would love to see moving forward is having more of those family events uh, together uh, for more so of like the generations being able to connect, whether it's having fun, whether it's uh, discovering what God has for us as a church, uh, there are a lot of different avenues. And so I hope that it doesn't, you know, stop with just going to church on Sunday, but it continues in all sorts of different areas. And with our youth ministry and also with church's ministry in particular, um, our adults, young adults, and our college people have helped out in all of those ministries. And I really love seeing that because there's wisdom in each generation and there's wisdom to be gleaned from from all those generations. 
So we all learn from each other. We all share our joys and our sorrows together. So it's it's really been really good for me to see um, and experience and be a part of a church that's multi-generational. Yeah, I, I love that you guys shared that because I think the hallmark of pretty much every Chinese heritage church is that sense of family, that sense of being intergenerational, having multiple generations. And actually, John, I wanted to ask you the same question, just in your role with Sam and Sarah and with other staff at church, how have you seen that connection? Uh, I think you used the word pipeline, like building that pipeline from children all the way up to adults to where there is that kind of cross-generational, intergenerational uh, cross-pollination happening? And, and then what are your hopes as you guys are doing this more and more? Yeah, you know, um, I think both of them actually shared a little bit of what what I see and <clears throat> uh, and what I hope. Um, I, I think right now we're starting to see more um, young adults and even college students uh, serving in our different ministries, especially in our youth ministry and our children's ministry. And for me, that's so exciting because I think oftentimes like when you have a healthy strong youth ministry, um, those students end up kind of rolling over into the college ministry, right? And, um, you know, when there's when there's good things happening in each of these ministries, then the, the kids, students start moving up, uh, moving along in that pipeline. But the best part is when they start to pour back into like the back end of the pipeline um, in the ministries that invested into them for many of, for many of them, um, you know, that I just feel like that's such a, a healthy sign um, as a church because serving together is is one of the ways that we really grow well you know in our faith um, learning to rely on the holy spirit um, learning to communicate um, the love of jesus through our actions and through our words like that is uh it's such a valuable thing for our own development for our own growth and so seeing young adults serving in the youth ministry seeing young adults you know volunteering in the children's ministry um that's such a joy you know, to be a part of. And so really my hope is that we would just have more of that, um, that there would be more ways, more avenues for uh, people to serve and not just for young adults and college students, because we also have a lot of faithful parents and um, probably, hopefully someday we're gonna have some faithful retirees serving in, in these different ministries. And we want, we want that to continue. You know, I think when I think about hope too, um, for our ministries, and, and because this is something that always resonated with me, as a young person, as a student, um, uh, and as a youth pastor, like when I was like high school or my youth pastor poured into me in like a mentoring relationship, met, met up with me weekly um, for Bible study to talk about life, talk about following Jesus. And I learned so much um, from that relationship and really tried to replicate that and do the same uh, myself as a youth pastor and to, to kind of like bring people onto my team who had a similar vision for, for mentoring and for discipleship through um, you know, relationship through one-on-one, one-on-two, one-on-three relationships. And my hope is that at our church, we would also, you know, catch a vision of that too. Um, and, and like, I think the, the beauty of that is that it can't just be one person that does it. You really have to have like a culture of mentoring, a culture of, of discipleship, of people pouring into folks who are a little bit farther behind them in their, in their journey with Jesus. And to just say like, hey, I'm not just trying to get you to where, I'm at, but I'm, I want to walk alongside you to, so that we can pursue Jesus together and walk with Jesus together for a lifetime. Um, so I'd love to see more of that, whether it's young adults mentoring high schoolers or, you know, um, or, or 
even some of our older adults pouring into our young adult ministry or pouring into our college ministry. Um, so those are things that, that I have big hopes and dreams for. And uh, I feel like, you know, we're at a church that, that wants to do that. Like we've been having these conversations for the last year now, even before we made all of these transitions in ministry. Uh, and so I feel like it's on the horizon. Um, but yeah, that's what, that's what I'm hopeful for, for our church. Yeah, John, I would echo that too. Um, I think my hope would be for this to be our culture that it would, wouldn't be, we wouldn't even give it a second thought to be serving in a different age group and to be serving in a different context and to be serving in different, you know, areas, wherever God stretches us and wherever God brings us. I think that's so encouraging because the temptation, especially as churches get larger, is to kind of silo off ministries right for the children's ministry to be separate and distinct from the youth ministry to be separate and distinct from the college ministry uh to be separate and distinct from the young adult on on and on right and uh, i think the challenge is certainly to um take advantage of this as chinese heritage churches that typically have like three or four generations that are in the church body in the church family and for us not to fall into that temptation to kind of just be in our own little fellowship group. And that's what we're going to do. Uh, we have such an opportunity, uh, particularly as Chinese heritage churches to do this. And so uh, that makes me really excited to see that that's what you guys are doing. Um, well, Sam and Sarah, we're so grateful that you guys have joined us. And the last question that we always ask to our guests is this, what is one piece of advice or encouragement that you would give to someone that is serving in the Chinese heritage church? I would say be be willing to engage. Uh, it's it can be difficult. It can be very new, but just being willing to uh, understand where the people you are serving, the people you are living with, and uh, seeing things through their lens is a very humbling aspect. Because uh, as I built relationship with the students and families, we know that we come from very different backgrounds and very different. Um, understandings but uh you know when i stepped into this role as taking more of the lead of a youth pastor with our youth group a lot of the families were very comfortable because one they see that i understood their traditions their culture and even though they saw me as cambodian uh, they said oh you know what you already know how we interact and how we do things so we feel we can be honest when we ask you certain uh questions or concerns or even certain things of what's been going on. So I would say that does go a long way if you're just willing to engage and just willing to be present. Mm -hmm. And I think on top of that is being willing to be patient. Um, yes. And not to jump on the first topic, jump on the first argument, um, but to be willing to be patient and to listen and love well to those around you. Because, I mean, culture, generations you know, teenagers, children, adults. I mean, it's a whole clash of everything, right? I mean, you're dealing with people who are very different and very unique. So you have to be willing to love, listen, and yeah, really be able to understand well. Yeah, I love it. You know, being on the same staff with you guys, uh, I, I know that that's not just like you giving advice, empty advice, but it's something that both of you live out. So Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for coming on the podcast with us, especially on your day off. I uh, really appreciate your time 
and uh, willingness to be on the podcast with us. So thanks again. And I will see both of you tomorrow. Yeah. Thank you for having us. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Thank you to you both. That's the end of our episode. Thanks for joining us today on the Bamboo Pastors podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the pod on whatever platform you listen to us on. Rate and review us and check in every week as we explore the joys and challenges of ministry in the Chinese church. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bamboo Pastors. See you next time.